Welcome to Sober Holic, a podcast about Christian recovery, where each week we explore topics that can free you from bondage and strengthen your relationship with God, others, and yourself. Now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason. Welcome back to another episode of Soberholic Podcast. I'm your host, Roger, in studio with my co-host, the best co-host, Jason Rice. I'm your only co-host, so <laughs> yeah, I'm you, definitely You the figured best. that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, today I want to talk about, um, well, I want to talk about a lot, actually. And it's not going to be our typical points and focuses um, on anything specific to recovery and you know like a five-point list or Mm -hmm. a um, a specific step we're going to talk about it's gonna be real general just real open um, conversation between you and i and i want to talk about the things that have happened to us in recovery kind of what we can call the good things you know whether it be called a good thing a blessing however you want to call it today but I want our listeners to see that there are better things that happen in recovery than just bingo. Because <laughs> <laughs> although bingo does happen, <laughs> it sure yeah. does. Because when I got sober at our home group, they would do bingo um, like once a month on Friday. And I was like, Are you serious? This is as good as my recovery is going to get is 50, bingo. 50. 50-50 raffles. Yeah, 50-50 raffles, yep. And I'm like, it, it, it's got to get better than this. But that that's all it was for me in the beginning. And a few of us maybe go out and bowl after a meeting or something. Uh, but it was that was all it was. Um, and for me, a lot of that was great. But a lot of it was like, compared to the lifestyle I was living with the drama and the extreme um, things that were happening, this was a lot more laid back. And so I was like, Man, I'm 26 years old or so, and I got a lifetime ahead of me, and this is as as, as fun as it gets. And I, I I want our listeners that may be in that same mindset to see that there are a lot more things that happen in recovery than just what we may think is happening right now. And it may come across very arrogant. I, I hope that it doesn't because I'm only saying some of these things so that they could really see that there's more to recovery than going to meetings, than just working the steps all the times. By doing those things, you get to experience these other things in life. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what I want to talk about. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, when, you know, when if you pick up a 10-year chip or a five-year chip or whatever like we talked about a couple episodes ago the whole point is to show other people that hey this is possible you know and that you know keep going right don't give up and that's a great example because these things that we're we're going to mention we don't really have these planned out like i said it's just gonna be conversation here but um it's not to show we did it and you didn't. It's to show you that we did it and you can do it and too. You can too. Because right. if we did, <laughs> yeah. then you uh, can too. Because both of us came into recovery with nothing. Yeah. I mean, um, that, you know, th- what we're talking about here has strictly been given to us um, by God through recovery. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that. Yeah. So let's start like, so I'll start with what I came in when I got sober this last time. I think I had three bucks in my wallet. And like a, a pack of cigarettes that had like four or five cigarettes in it. That was literally all I had, and a few few clothes. That was it. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> I didn't have a place to live. I didn't have a job. 
no car, none of that stuff, you know. And uh, I was, I was. It's funny. I was, I was meeting with uh, the guy that's doing my taxes um, a couple days ago, and like, I, he didn't know my story or whatever, and he he was kind of like hinting around that he'd be willing to like meet with me to help give me some financial planning and stuff like that. And we got to the point of the conversation. I was like, look, like, like seven years ago, like I didn't, I had nothing like, and he was like, why? And so I told him, I got to share with him about my story and everything. And, you know, I was like, that's kind of why, you know, it may I'm pretty sure to him, it seems like I'm kind of behind the eight ball a little bit um for somebody my age and that's why he was offering to like give me some counseling or (laughs) but i was like just let me i wanted just to make sure he knew that i was like starting from the ground up just a few years ago yeah when i came in um i went to i guess i'll say when i came in was recovery i mean was um rehab and i literally had no money i mean whatever money I had was spent on dope to get me to rehab, mm-hmm. you know, cause you don't just go to rehab with nothing. You go out with one last one bang night, and yeah. that, that that's, I spent all that up and any kind of, any kind of pill that I could have. But I, I had a, it was a 2000 model eclipse and I went in recovery in 04. So it was only a four year old car. Uh, so it was, it was a pretty good, nice car other than the front, the hood was rolled up into the windshield from where I drove it up underneath the second house yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> that I hit in a couple of months. Them houses just jump out there. I, in front I'll tell of you, you, they get right in front of you. And, uh, so it wasn't, I did have a nice car. It was just totaled basically. And, um, so that was basically all that I had, um, you know, monetarily speaking uh, i did have a, a a mobile home that i was living in that my parents had bought me but later he took it back which i don't blame him so i really had nothing and mm-hmm. i did have my clothes and i'm sure they were dirty i didn't wash them anymore and so i, I was i was pathetic now i did you know i thought i was going to rehab in the best shape of my life because i weighed 126 pounds um, I thought I had a six pack, but dude, I had in eight months. I was dying, yeah, yeah, <laughs> starving. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I was pretty much at the bottom as well, and um, so it was a complete rebuilding process for me when I got out and began in recovery. And like I talked about, it was a lot of bingo and going out, you know, when I could and um, with friends, and and those were good. They did serve the purpose, but I remember so many times I talked about man this is it this is this is i mean there's yeah there's no more clubs here there's no more you know um the, there was no adrenaline in bingo you know it was just like huh, okay yeah. we'll do it but you know a cup of coffee you know uh, maybe i'll smoke two cigarettes back to back to get a head rush <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. yeah there's no glamour <laughs> yeah, there's none uh but you know i i can think of Looking back, um, when there's so many, so many great years to look, overlook here, um, and I got to give props to the first one is you know, and I, I, I guess maybe my wife here this series I got to mention, it, and you're going to do the same, but I got married, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's a great marriage, and I don't just say that because she's listening. I, I genu- genuinely mean this. My wife and I, we rarely fight. Like 
I don't know that we've ever went to bed mad at each other. That's a big thing to say. Oh yeah. And I would say that's all because of recovery. Um, is cause we, my wife is in recovery as well. So I tell everybody that we get to play by the same rules. We, we live our lives with the same principles that we find in recovery. Um, another blessing that comes along with that is my oldest son, which is Matthew. He's my stepson, but he calls me dad and I'm the only dad he's ever known because mm-hmm. his biological father signed over rights at, at birth. And so I got him when he was about two. And so there's very little that I've ever missed in his life. I've coached football. I mean, baseball teams and, um, you know, I've just been there forever. Mm-hmm. We've had two other kids since then, so that gives me a total of three, which none of them have ever seen me in active addiction. Wow. Which is a huge blessing. Yeah. You know, they've never experienced the old dad. Mm-hmm. And all of those are just great things. Um What about you? Yeah, I'm gonna start with the with the best one is my wife and uh you know, we would have never met if I wouldn't have been you know, sober or in recovery. It just, I mean, we had never even crossed paths. I went to New Orleans, you know, to go to rehab. And uh, it's a crazy head trip to think about, like, if I wouldn't have relapsed, you know, that last time, well, then I would have never went to New Orleans. Then I would have never met, you know, my wife. And so, um, you know, that's been one of the greatest, you know, blessings that's come out of of sobriety is, is being um, – you know, I still look back and I'm like, man, I didn't really have much when she, <laughs> when we got married, she still took a chance on, you know, I'm like, she took a bigger chance than I think she realizes, <laughs> but I'm glad she did. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I was, I was a couple years sober already, uh, when we got together. So, you know, I had, a, I was working with a, a decent foundation already and, you know, she would she wouldn't have given me the time of day if I wouldn't have had some type of decent foundation. I remember her grandmother um, <laughs> when she first found out that we we were dating. She kind of she kind of gave me the uh, uh, the the rundown and was like, "So, her, this is her grandmother was like, so uh, how long you been sober now? You know, I was like a couple years, and she was like, how many meetings are you going to a week? You know." <laughs> And, uh, she was, you know, and now like, like I I love her grandmother. She's, we, uh, we have a great relationship and, you know, she was, I would have done the same thing if I was her, you know? And so, uh, being able to be a part of her family too, and how they welcome, have welcomed me in to their family and, and then just the restoration that's taken place, like within my own family and being able to move, you know, back to Birmingham uh, to be closer to my family and my daughter and everything, uh, you know, how all that's worked together. Um, um, and then just with, well, mainly just through through the way my marriage has worked out and we were able to move back up here and everything. It's just incredible. It, 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 I don't, I don't have enough gratitude for it, you know, and it's only when I talk about it, like times like now, when I really am like, man, it's just incredible that all this has happened. Um, and it's just, it's just the blessings of sobriety, you know? Right. Yeah. I start with my wife because, you know, she's been with me 
since practically day one, we broke the first unwritten rule that we started dating right right when we first started in recovery. I picked her up straight off her relapse. Maybe the only reason I got her, um, or maybe she picked me up because she did ask me out on the date. But I was about a month sober. She was a few weeks sober, and so we've we've done recovery with each other the whole time. Neither of us have relapsed since her last wow. relapse. You know when we met, but um, so. Well, all of, most of all the things we're going to mention, uh, I'm going to mention it, has got her to do with it. But uh, the first thing that I can remember doing that was cool was about eight of us from uh, my home group, my recovery group, we went on a skydiving trip for my wife's, I think it was a one-year anniversary of being mm. sober. And, um, man, that was awesome. You know, we jumped out at 16,000 feet and, um, you know, had a huge free fall and all of that. And we'd never experienced anything like that. Nor would any of my old friends done that with me because we were all broke because we was buying dope. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, so it was awesome to take these little bingo group of people that we used to play bingo with and go skydiving with because we had built these lasting relationships. And that's what we did. Um, we, we, you know, we spent all day at the airport, but literally, you know, this is kind of the fun fact of it all. Um, none of us had ever um, went, and we went tandem, so we were strapped to instructors sure. who had done this many times before us. But Sitting in the guy's lap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as we were waiting our turn, because it was an all-day deal, and this little plane keeps taking people up, but in order to um solo jump on your own you have to have so many other uh, mm-hmm. trips in with tandem and all this other stuff and there was a, a group of people that went up right before us and they were doing their first solo jumps or maybe not the first ones but they were doing solo jumps it was not regulars at it and we were watching four or five of them jump out of the plane well you didn't really see them jump out of the plane but as they got closer you could see them and one was coming down a lot faster than the others mm. and kind of spiraling down. Later, we found out when she got on the ground that her first parachute did not open and it got tangled. And she had to release that chute to deploy the reserve chutes. That was pretty terrifying knowing that we were fixing to go up. But the same people that packed those chutes are Uh-oh. the same ones that packed our chutes. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, we were stupid and young in recovery. And so we went anyway. Yeah. And had a great time. <laughs> I, I think one of my, uh, like, like first times where I was like, you know what? Maybe this is actually all worth it. The whole sobriety thing was when somebody invited me over to their house. I was new in the meetings to watch an Alabama game. I was an Auburn fan. And so I was like, I don't even care. I had no, fr- I went from no friends I was I had I didn't have any friends at all. And I remember hanging out over at his house and like people laughing and I started laughing and I was having a good time and I was just like, you know, maybe like maybe I can actually be happy in sobriety, you know, or whatever. But I know that one is not like there's no wow factor to that one just hanging out watching a football game. Mm-hmm. But at the time you know, that was a big deal to me because I didn't have any friends, you know. And <clears throat> I think for the this you know, this time I've been sober, like the the friendships that I've developed um along the way, the the friends that I still have in New Orleans that I miss all the time, I mean, I, I've made lifelong lifelong friends that, you know, the type of friends that 
you know, you could call at two o'clock in the morning and say, Hey, I got a dead body. Get in the car, <laughs> you know, come help me bury it. And they would, right. you know, I would never have a dead body in my in trunk of my car. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> I'm just trying to say, all I'm trying to say is. <laughs> this is going bad. I dug myself in a hole on this one. Literally. To, yeah, right, literally. All I'm trying to say is like real friends, right. you know, that I know they'll be there for me if I need them. And I'll be there for the, for them if, if, if they need me for something. And I, and I didn't have that before. That was not something – I didn't have that for years when I was in active addiction. I didn't have a friend that I could call and, and, and ask to come help me, you know, move a washer or dryer or whatever or something like that or, or co- to come help me fix my air conditioner uh, <laughs> like you did the other night. I mean, I, nobody would do anything like that for me because I wouldn't do that for anybody else when I was in active addiction. You know, I was only – I was living a selfish lifestyle. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, my marriage, but also just like the friendships that I've developed, you know, in, in sobriety are, are just like incredible. And, um, yeah, that's, yeah, I kind of didn't know where I was going on that one. No, I think it's great because, I, you know, those are – everything's not financially driven. Um, sometimes it's just the down-to-earth things that – friendships are going to outlast your money because there's times you will lose your money and not your friends. Oh yeah. And I I tell my kids all the time, you know, don't worry about those girls, girls come and go, but your (laughs) friends last, you know, don't, don't ditch your friends for a new girl. Uh, But, um, you know, one of the, the cool things that we got to do, my wife and I is, you know, after we were, I don't know, this probably happened about two years into it. Uh, we, started going on vacations because we had a little money set aside, you know, and, um, that's progressed into a lot of vacations over the years. You know, I've been sober for a while now. And so we've got to do a lot of things. And, um, one was not one. This happened out of many different trips for different reasons. Some vacations, some for mission trips that we went built houses for, um, one lady who needed stuff. We've done mission trips where we went door to door evangelism. You know, there's different things we've done, worked in orphan orphanages, but, um, that's led us in different ways through vacation or missions to nine, eight different countries. Whoa. And so, yeah, we've, I actually wrote them down the other day. Cause I didn't even know there were countries when I visited them, you know, but I've been to the Bahamas. Barbados, Belize, Costa Rica, Dominica, not Dominican Republic. That's where we, that's where I thought we were at when we were there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a clue. Uh, Mexico, and of course, you know, different places in the U.S. Um, but then also the Netherlands, which it, when I say the Netherlands, I had to research this again just here recently. This happened on our honeymoon on a cruise, but that is Aruba. Aruba oh, yeah. is an island of the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. one of about seven islands that make up the Netherlands. And um, that happened for us here. That happened right after the disappearance of Natalie Holloway. No, oh, I remember that. And um, that was kind of crazy because we were on a tour and everybody asked, where are you from? We said Birmingham. And like it was eerie silence. Like we're those bad people. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't do nothing bad. Yeah. I mean, y'all are the one that did that to her. But yeah. anyways, um, so we got to visit all of these different countries. And I remember the first time we took a cruise to one of those countries, uh, my wife and I, we boarded the ship together. And it was really our first time away from our support system. 
And they started passing out these drinks all over the boat. You know, they were yelling special, special. You could buy all you wanted to drink. And it was kind of weird because we didn't know how we were going to do at that time, two years in sobriety was still pretty fresh. Yeah. And we found out they had recovery meetings there. You can do AA oh, meetings yeah. on the, on the boat. And that was really cool because, um, no matter, we saw quickly that we could still stay in recovery all over. We've attended recovery meetings in Costa Rica. Um, you know, it was just really cool to be able to visit and do some of those different things, but to visit and do all of those things, I never would have dreamed would have been possible in recovery. Yeah, I, we uh, I got to go to Peru um, with my church. Uh, I guess it's been a couple of years on a mission trip, and it, it was Peru is an incredible country. I actually want to go there like on a vacation, and not on a mission. I mean, I'd go back on a mission trip too, right. but like we were we were pretty. I mean, that's all we did. We didn't do any playing around while we were down there. Um, we were, you know, helping with orphanages and uh, local churches and uh, serving and everything while we were down there. But, like, I, while I was down there, I was like, I want to come back, you know, to do all the, you know, to go see all the different things we never got to see because it was so, so incredible. And, uh, you know, that's that's the first time. I, I had tra- done a lot of traveling, um before I gotten involved in drugs, like uh, different world traveling and stuff, to been to other countries and Europe and Israel and all and a bunch of other uh, places, but I'd never been to South America. I've always wanted to go to South America, so I finally got to, and it was all because I was sober, and I would have never been on that trip if it wouldn't have been otherwise. Now, one of those trips, it was uh, the second time we went to Costa Rica. Uh, me and my wife my oldest son and at that time my niece who we had custody of we all wanted to go we wanted to take our kids is what i wanted i wanted them to experience uh, overseas missions well that's a very expensive trip you know yeah. i, I want to say that it was about eight thousand dollars for all of us Ooh. to do that and we did not have eight thousand dollars and but we were determined that we we had prayed about it and we thought it was important for our kids to go and that was what we needed to do as a family and didn't know how we was going to make it happen. And so we just, we said, we committed, you know, that we were going to go do it. And we told, you know, don't know how we're going to make it happen, but we're, we're saying that we're going, count us in. And we did that. And I say all that to say that it was pretty cool. My faith was stretched enormously because we paid nothing for that trip everything wow. was paid for friends and family different things fundraisers it paid for our entire trip Dang. and um that that in itself was a huge moment for me to show me how big my god really was if mm. i would just be obedient mm. that's great yeah uh i guess i guess i've done more traveling than than i thought thought i had um Mainly, it's always from now. Nowadays, it's always just down to New Orleans. But I was I was sitting here thinking about New Orleans. Like if I wouldn't have went down there, I love New Orleans. I don't know if you know this or not. <laughs> uh, it's one of those cities that gets in your blood. But like, you know, the the culture and the diversity that's there, and just the melting pot of craziness that is New Orleans. Like that wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't have love for the city in my heart if I wouldn't have went down there and I wouldn't have gotten sober. What's really cool, what I love about New Orleans um, that I don't get to experience here in the Birmingham area is the fact that, like, I don't have any bad memories, like, in New Orleans. 
you know. Like, <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm trying my best to hold on to this, but my wife and I, we went a day early because we were going on a, uh, on a cruise out of New Orleans, and we wanted to experience New Orleans. Yeah, I do not have the memories of new orleans as you do because we went and i said we'll experience the french quarter before no. and we went to the french quarter a no. day early and there happened to be a gay parade there yeah. the, the day we went bourbon street smelled like urine yeah. and i took a picture of a penis mascot okay um with, with there so right. that is the image i have that's in my face of taking a picture with a penis that's the tourist trap <laughs> <laughs> that is not new orleans we, okay. locals never go down there okay that's just the way it is <laughs> anyway but like whenever i'm in new orleans you know and being able to like you know start my sobriety over in a new city like that it was nice because like you know if i go somewhere in birmingham I don't, I don't really think about it so much anymore. It's not something I'm driving around thinking about. But, I mean, there's a lot of memories here, uh, you know, that I have from active, af, active using and everything. And, you know, being able to get sober and get a foundation of, you know, recovery in a city that was new to me was, was a huge blessing. And just like, you know, I'm, I, feel, I feel a connection to that place that otherwise I would have never had. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that. Uh, another cool thing that I've gotten to do in sobriety um, is the whole marathon thing. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I never have been a runner in my life. Like I never, I mean, I had gone on like a jog or something, mm -hmm. but I could probably count on one hand how many times I'd done that. But a couple of years in my sobriety, and we actually developed this, whole running deal independently of each other mm -hmm. you had already ran a marathon by the time i had started running but when i was in new orleans there was a place down by like on lake pontchartrain uh that has like a path like a running path and mm -hmm. a biking path it's beautiful and i kind of started running just because i liked that that path and i was like okay so i started running a little bit and then i was like you know what i'm gonna run a half marathon i'd never even ran a 5k before so I just kind of jumping out there a little bit. And so I ran right before I moved up here four years ago. I ran my first half marathon and loved it. And then a couple years later, or, or no, a year later, I ran another half marathon. And then I decided I wanted to do a whole one. And the first one that I did in Chattanooga, I remember – uh, a couple of days afterwards being like thinking about just like where I, where I had come from, you know, just a few years earlier in sobriety, not even, you know, like physically, like just how far I had physically got it brought me physically in recovery to being able, you know, coming in dope sick, you know, and in terrible health, weighing nothing. And, uh, you know, progressing to the point where I was able to even run a whole marathon and even, but not only physically, but just like mentally, you know, cause you gotta have, you know, you gotta have the mental drive to be able to do something like that, to push yourself that far. And I, I remember thinking, man, I can actually set goals and achieve them now. This is crazy because before I had never, I didn't have that. 
mental for anybody capability. who thinks that a marathon, 26.1 miles, is not that big a deal, just on your odometer when you're driving somewhere, <laughs> hit the trip button and see how far that is in a car. Yeah. I, I, I wanna, I, somebody asked me, uh, you know, what my time was or something, and I told them, and they were like, that only works out to like nine minutes and something. That's kind of slow. And I'm like, well, you know, funny things happen when you hit to, to get around to around 20 miles. Yeah. You know, your legs start shutting down. Yeah. But anyway, so I've, I've ran a couple more marathons since. And I'm working on another one uh, coming up here in a few months. And, like, it's it's my main hobby. Running is my main hobby. And I wouldn't have that if I wasn't sober. And, uh, you know, like, it, it's it, it really, the running for me is a great stress you know, outlet for stress relief. And then when you run marathons, like we get, we, we usually travel to somewhere else, you know, to go on a marathon and looking at one in September, possibly, um, running in Salt Lake city. So, I mean, there's just a bunch of cool things that come out of just that one thing. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have it if it wasn't for sobriety. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people probably listen to us talk about running or that. Well, that's stupid. And, and, and it kind of is, I, I don't run. And like I used to, like I usually, run, I probably run about eight miles a week now, which is nothing for a runner, but I don't care nothing about the long distance running. I, I ran two uh, marathons like you're talking about. And I wanted to say that I could do it. And that was it. That, that was my only goal in running. I, I don't take the enjoyment as you do. Um, but the cool thing for the people who are going, I would never want to do that is that you can see that things are possible that you thought were impossible. Right. Um, your kids get to see you do things that are huge achievements. And I I think that's important to, to, to to show that anything's possible. And as you were even saying that I was thinking, wow, I've not even thought about all the things that I've gotten to do like that. Like for instance, um, I love to hunt and fish. That's one of the things that I do a lot of. And so I've been on a lot of alligator hunts, and one of which I killed a one was 12 pounds, 500 pounds. 12 foot, 500 pounds. I was like, 12 pound alligator. Yeah, 12 foot, 500 pounds. (laughs) That was the largest we killed. Uh, But there was about six of us that would go on these. Um, And a lot of these were family members, cousins, uncles, and my father. And my my, my dad and I would do a lot of hunting, you know, deep sea fishing. We're fitting to go on a trip next month. And I've killed some really big deer with him. And my dad is like my best friend. And so because of sobriety, we've hung out all the time. Mm. And that's cool. Like, I don't, I'm not going to sit back and say I wasted these years and never got to see my dad. I mean, when he passes away, I will have all these memories to hold on to. Um, Those other things like the marathon that you do things you thought was not possible. Um, You taught me how to play guitar. I mean, I'm not great at it, but I can play guitar. And for some of you, go, that's no big deal. I got one freaking hand. (laughs) It's a pretty big deal. Um, You're the best one-handed guitar player I know. (laughs) I know. Um, And then uh, the past year, golfing, going golfing tomorrow. In fact, when we get done with this show, you and I are going to go to the driving golf. And you know what, Roger? We, me and Roger, went and played golf last last week, 
and you beat me pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I mean, when I was in addiction, I always looked at my disability of missing my hand and going, I'm never going to be able to do anything in my life. I remember going, I'm never going to be able to teach my kids how to play ball. I'm never going to throw a football or swing a bat with them. And I've coached both of my kids, and I've been a coach on their team for probably six years. So, I mean, that in itself is an amazing opportunity that I got to do because I've been sober. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I think uh, one of the other ones for me is is the big one was finishing my degree, uh, my bachelor's degree. I mean, that was – I remember when I graduated being like, I never, ever thought this was going to be possible for me to finally finish because I had almost finished, you know, back in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. But drinking and, and, and drug addiction had taken over, and that's why I didn't really finish. And so I just was, I just chalked that one up like, this will never happen. I'll never finish my degree. And then, you know, God opened up all the doors for me to be able to do that. And, uh, and then now I'm, you know, being able to keep an ongoing in school. Um, and so I, 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 I'm constantly reminded of all the different things that, you know, God has allowed me to do since I've been sober this time that I never thought were possible and that were also hard, you know, and he's given me the strength, you know, to make it through and, 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 and complete some of those things. You mentioned all these things. And when we were talking about these blessings of recovery, I've not even thought about that. Like I, I picked up yeah. my, I'd not done any college really. And, and now I've got my bachelor's and, um, I, I, that was even on my radar there, but that's one of the things that I, I've received since I've been sober and would not have got it had I not been sober. Um, you know, even here most recently, my wife, um, she had to um, get, get a new car. And, um, you know, in the past, we've always had, you know, the typical deal, you know, you trade one in, you pick up a new note, and there you go. Well, we had been proactive in our recovery. We talked about this a few episodes back, and we have been saving up some money. And so when we um, got this new vehicle for, we traded one in and paid cash for the rest of it. Nice. That was a, a big deal, I mean, for us because, I mean, we don't have the, the stress of a car payment right yeah. now. And, um, you know, when you don't have that stress, you don't have the, the arguments around money in a marriage. Sure. And when you have – less arguments in a marriage you have a better marriage oh yeah and, um, you know th- those are sound like boastful things but those are just cool things i mean i drove into recovery with you know the old eclipse with a rolled up hood on it yeah you know and, and i couldn't afford another car that's all i had yeah and so it's cool to be able to buy a new one what what it was a, a new used one new to us new to you yeah newish yeah, yeah I, I mean I, and i guess that's just the whole point of this episode is to, is to a testi- testimony to God how he could bring both of us from coming into recovery, getting sober, you know, day one, just having nothing. And, you know, for me, I mean, I could probably I, – I remember there was one of my friends who was at the rehab I went to this last time, and, and uh, <clears throat> a couple of years later, after I'd been sober a couple of years, he was – he was describing back to me the first day that I had come in and was just like, he was like, you were, you were whacked out. Like you wasn't even making any sense. (laughs) 
Like I couldn't even follow your sentences. Yeah. You were so crazy. And, you know, thinking about just not only, you know, how far, you know, we've come with as far as material things in life too, but just, you know, how far we both come, you know, spiritually, emotionally, um, and, and all that is just amazing. Well, you know, I hope our episode here just showed hope to others. Um, that, that's been our intentions. And, you know, I believe today, unlike in the beginning, that there are much better things coming in the future. In the beginning, I, I was like, this is it. No bingo, <laughs> you know. Bingo with 50 50 raffle is yeah. as good as it's going to get. <laughs> and, um, and potluck. Yeah. Dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God has just proven to me over and over that things can and will get better if I continue to follow his lead and continue to work in my recovery and uh and to help others you know yep. trust god help others yep. you know, it, That's it. it's pretty simple and things just seem to get better and there's no plan or written rules to it and i'm fortunate for that because um if i had to figure out how to do it all on my own it wouldn't have ever worked it's yeah. been guidance from other drunks other addicts that have helped me get to where i'm at today and um i'm glad i'm glad too all right well that brings us to the close of another episode and so until next week i'm roger i'm jason we're signing out thanks for listening to soberholic with roger and jason if you like the show and want to know more check out soberholicpodcast.com please remember to leave us a review on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts see you next week soberholics